Merry Christmas. Hey, can we all have a stand up? We want to say hey, Merry Christmas to everybody at all our campuses out there. Everybody, all the military out there all around the world. God bless y'all. Let's give them a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless you. Every, every uh, Sunday we say hello to the people in the military, but, you know, tomorrow is Christmas and we want to especially acknowledge that you're away from your families and we appreciate what you do. So we're going to just give you one more round of applause for, thank, for serving our country. Come on, come on. Uh, my name is Miles. I'm the pastor of the Rock. This is our 19th Christmas. It's been going by quick. We've been going by quick. And... Uh, we want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Hopefully you have done your shopping. I think the stores are going to be open after service, but uh, you ain't going to get in those stores. <laughs> so how many of you have not been to shop, haven't bought one thing yet? Yes. Those are my people. Those are my people. <laughs> no, well, too bad. <laughs> Listen, uh, very excited about service. Uh, before I start, I want to say thank you to all the people who served all year. I mean, we just had our living nativity. We had a Toys for Joy. We've had so many things happen from January up until now. Uh, but we want to acknowledge all the people who have given financially, who have served uh, tons and tons of hours. The people, the, the missionaries all around the world that uh, many of you don't ever see and have never met. But we want to thank all of them. And just all of you for your giving, your serving, your praying, and all the things that you've done um, that no one knows. But especially what God has done in your life. Because I know God's done some miracles in all y'all's lives. And a lot of them you probably forgot. Or you didn't even know it was him. You thought it was you. And so let's give the Lord a hand for all the stuff he has done. Come on. And we want to acknowledge all the people in all the campuses and all the people in Overflow here. Uh, Merry Christmas. So let's bow for a word of prayer. And then I want you to find someone around you that you don't know and just tell them Merry Christmas. God loves them once again. <laughs> we already did that like five times. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's Christmas. Yeah, I love everybody. <laughs> it's good practice. Lord, thank you so much for being good to us. Lord, thank you so much for all the crying babies. <laughs> we just love the kids. We love the kids. And we just praise you for being good to us. We praise you that through all the ups and downs of this year, it's been like a roller coaster for, I'm sure, all of us in some form or fashion. You got us through. And so we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Find somebody and say hi to them. Amen. 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 Let's get your Bibles out if you have a Bible. If you have a Bible. Hey, by the way, how many visitors in all the campuses? If you're in a campus and a visitor, just raise your hand if you're a visitor. Let's give all the visitors a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless you. God bless you. Let's lift your Bibles up. If you're on the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke. Luke, I am your father. Luke. Luke. Chapter 2, chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, Luke, New Testament. When I first came to California, uh, San Diego, a friend of mine lived in Rancho Pendasquita, so my wife and I got attached to that part of San Diego, and we lived up there in North County uh, for 30-something years, and about 
20 years ago, we moved into a house that we actually stayed in for 13 years. And probably 10 years into it, people started coming to our house, showing up, um, leaving stuff at our door. Somebody approached my wife in the, in the, in the uh, garage when she was getting the groceries out. And later we found out that, that he had come to a baptism with a gun. And then we had people threatening us. So we, we started getting feeling comfortable because you just, people just find out where you live and come to your house. So we started looking for a house, and we found this lot. We wanted to go behind the gate where, where people couldn't just come up to a house. And we finally found this neighborhood, and the lot was way too expensive, so we just said we can't do it. So we looked for a whole year, went to 50 different houses, lots, and trying to find a place to live that will be safe. And the Lord said to her on my birthday, which, by the way, is March 30th, if anybody wants to, you know, just <laughs> Kind of hook a brother up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, 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 you just thought you might want to know that. I'm going to be 60, so, you know, this is, this is a special one coming up. Come on now. So <laughs> just mark that in your, in your phone. Uh, and so, but it was literally on my birthday, and the Lord said to her, a year after we found this lot that we lo- loved, that we couldn't afford, the Lord said, look at lots again, because we had given up on, on building a house, and the lot was like half and to make a long story, to, to give you perspective, it was really cheap for that lot, for that neighborhood. It had literally was on the market for three times what it was on the market for now. It was just too good to be true. It was so too good to be true, we literally had to drive there to make sure it was the same one. Because we had gone there the first time and we literally, it was so good to be true, we had to go see it and stand on it and say, this is really the same thing. Because we didn't believe that it was what we were seeing in the thing. And so we went there and found out no one had made a bid on this lot. So we said, we're going to make a bid. And it was a, a range, you know, from this price to this price. And the day that we made the bid, some builder came and made a bid and said, whatever you want, we'll give. So we were in a bid, we were going to be in a bidding war with a, with a builder. And we said, we can't win that. So we just put in a bid less than the builder. And we got the house. We got the lot. And so we lived there. And we lived there. We moved there. And we never found out why. But we got it. And it was, it was so too good to be true. We had to go there. And we ended up getting it even though we didn't deserve it. When you think of Christmas story, Christmas is a story that is just too good to be true. That God would send his son to die for you. So you don't have to go to hell. Not only so you don't have to go to hell, but that he can actually heal your relationships. Like impossible conflicts you can have with people, he can heal that. That he can actually cleanse you of your sin. That he can actually give you clarity about your life for free. That you don't have to pay for it. I mean, there's a lot of self-help workshops and I believe in them. Tony Robbins is a friend. I I think he's incredible. Stuff stuff is, is amazing stuff he talks about. But it's all biblical. But the Holy Spirit can actually open the eyes of your heart that you may see and understand who you are and guide you into a life that is supernatural and supernatural fulfilling and empowered. That that is just too good to be true. And, by the, and guess what? You don't deserve it. Now you may think, hey, well, you don't know me. You know, I'm a special kind of guy. You know, I'm just smooth like that. I think God would benefit from me being in the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you may feel that way about yourself. He don't need you. He used a donkey. <laughs> if he used a donkey, he don't need you. <laughs> it's a benefit to you to have him in your life versus you to have him, him to have you in your life. Now, he loves you so much, but it is too good to be true. So I'm going to talk about the fact that the gospel, Christmas story, is so good that you have to go check it out. Now, we're going to read a story where the wise men, I mean, the, the shepherds heard this news 
They're out there taking care of the sheep and doing their thing. And the angels came and told them something that they said, we have to go see if this is true. And then when they saw that it was true, they started looking into what it was about. And then they responded to it. I want to challenge you that the Christmas story is something, the one you really have to listen to the good news. At least hear what it is. And then investigate if it's true. You should investigate if the good news is true. And then once you find out that it is true, that you respond to what you hear. And so as we read the story, I want you to think about those three things. That you, this, this is something worth you saying, I have to know for myself. Now, you have to really know what it's really about, not the commercial version of Christmas. Because the commercial version has nothing to do with the real story. So let's read the story in Luke chapter 2, verse 20. It says, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, giving watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Um, I was talking Sunday about the glory of God, and, and when you see God and you're in his presence, you will bow. No matter what you've ever seen on television, we have never seen anything like the glory of God. Uh, I was telling a story Sunday that when I was first received the Lord, when I was 19 years old, the Lord appeared to me in a room as I was laying in the bed. He appeared to me and I was literally frozen. My mind was still working. I was trying to speak. I was trying to get up. I was trying to move my arms. But my body literally froze. My body says, we are not moving. We ain't going over there. Because he was standing by the door. And so when these shepherds saw the glory of God, something they've never, ever, ever seen, they were afraid, obviously. And then it says, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. They're like, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> for behold, I bring good news of great joy, which will be to all people. Everyone say all people. If you've ever heard the, the term, the Jews are God's chosen people, that is 100% true. He chose them to bring Jesus into the world to bless the whole world. <laughs> it's true. He said, I'm going to create the Jews through Abraham. Abraham, you are going to be a blessed person and you are going to bless the, and through you all the nations of the world will be blessed. And so this good news of Jesus being born was not for, only for the Jews, it was just through the Jews. And then it says in verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe, a baby, not a hot girl, okay. <laughs> I know some dudes like, hey, man, there's babes in the Bible. <laughs> She's wrapped in swaddling clothes. I want to go to that church. <laughs> this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. And suddenly with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. If you really think that was good, you got problems. <laughs> You're like, thank you that you stopped. <laughs> so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, we have to go check that out. If someone ever tells you that the God of heaven sent his son to die for you, you need to go check that out. 
you need to not take that for granted. We all grown up hearing this story. A lot of y'all in here because you know the story. But you need to check it out. It can't and shouldn't be just some story that you know about. And it says, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they told their sheep, we'll be right back. And they left. <laughs> it's an oldie but goodie. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which is, was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen as it was told them. Number one, listen to the good news. The shepherds, when the angels started speaking to them, they, they listened. They said, tell, tell us what it is. We need to listen to the good news. Here's the good news. All of us are sinners and imperfect, flawed humans. Say amen if that resonates with you. And I want you to say amen if that resonates with you about you, not that person. Can, amen. Oh, yeah, that guy's jacked up. That girl's jacked up. No, me. Everyone say me. <laughs> you and I are flawed individuals. You cannot go to heaven ever on your own merit and you cannot cannot please God without faith in God. So no matter what you do, God could always say that's not good enough. And without God in your life, you will die hopeless and you will never be able to earn your way into heaven. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You will always fall short if you try to get to God on your own. You will fall short and fall. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ came, was born of a virgin, lived 33 years and died to pay the price for your sin. The penalty of your sin is death. Jesus died in your place and then rose from the dead. He was born so he would die. And he ascended into heaven and he intercedes and prays for you every single day. And then he sends loud people like me to yell at you. <laughs> And to inform you of how much he loves you. That's the good news. And if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. By faith and receive him as your Savior, you will be saved. Now, once you ask him to forgive you, the spirit of God comes to live inside of you. I grew up in a Catholic uh, church. I went to Catholic school for eight years, first, eighth grade. And I knew Ten Commandments, the nuns and priests that were at my school instilled the fear of God in me because back then the priests, I mean the nuns, well the priests too, but we never saw the priests except in mass, but the, the nuns were our teachers, they can hit you straight up. Bah -bah. <laughs> and so we had this very healthy but very real like fear of God. But what I didn't understand until I was 19 years old and far out of that school was that God made us not for religion but for relationship. See, God made us in his image. Every man's made the image of God like a glove is made in the image of a hand. And you make a glove in the image of a hand so the hand can go in the glove. God made you and I in his image so he can fit inside of us. It's not a physical thing. So the spirit of God can fit inside of you and speak through you, love through you, be patient through you. All of us have a certain amount of kindness, love, patience. 
gentleness, patience. But God made us with those attributes so he could fit inside of that because that's who he is. And then he empowers those attributes through us in the supernatural. So God made you for a relationship. But there's no way we can make that happen. He says, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to be born. I'm going to live 33 years. I'm going to die for your sin. And if you just ask me and surrender your life to me, I will forgive you and come live inside of you. And we will have a relationship. And now you will have true life. You have to listen to that. Think about, is that better than what you have? (laughs) It is. Your money can't send you to heaven. You've never seen anybody in a hearse with their bank account or their banker and their house and their investments in a, in a U-Haul behind the uh, hearse going into the grave. That it don't happen. They go to the grave by themselves. So listen to the good news. Then once you listen to the good news, investigate it. In other words, do you know anybody whose life has been changed? This is why for all y'all who are saved, all y'all who claim you're Christian, you need to be able to live it and share your faith. I'm teaching a preaching class. I'm, I'm just doing my first preaching class um, this January uh, to a small group of people and then I'm going to keep doing it. But one of the first, the first thing, the, 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 the want to be, I shouldn't say want to be, the would be preachers are going to do is share their testimony in 40 seconds. 40 seconds. My name is Miles, and when I was young, I wanted to play football. Then I started doing drugs, and then someone told me Jesus loved me, and I asked him to be in my heart, and I stopped doing cocaine one day, and since then, I've been walking with God, and I'm a pastor. You need to be able to say that, bam. Why? Because if people say, they don't want to hear, well, I go to the church, I go to the rock church, and you need to go to the rock church because you're messed up. No, 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 no. What has God done in your life? What has God done in your life? Now, I have people say, well, I got people, there's a lot of nice people in your church, but there's some knuckleheads in your church. Exactly. We want knuckleheads here. This is a place for knuckleheads. Can I get an amen? You got hypocrites in your church. This is a place for hypocrites. This is where you get unhypocritized. This is it. All right. So that, that's okay. But, but God needs to be changing you. So my, my question to you, Michael, my, my suggestion to you is that if you've heard the truth, does it really work? Because if it doesn't work, we shouldn't do it. Are there people in your life who can say, I was blind, metaphorically, literally, however, but now I see. In other words, I was uh, aimless in my life. I had no purpose. Now I have purpose. I, I had no clarity. Now I have clarity. I had no joy in my life. Now I have joy. I had no foundation. Now I have foundation. That God has actually changed them. Because if you know somebody who claims that God is their God, they should have evidence. There should be change. And if there's change in your life, then you have to ask yourself, in their life, then you have to ask yourself, can I do that on my own? Do I want that change? When I saw guys on my, when I was playing football on my team, my job, blow their knee out. The whole year is gone. And by the way, big 225-pound, 6'4", no body fat dude just jogging like this and blew his knee out. No one touched him in practice. And he had surgery and was gone for the year. Never played again for us. And saw him have peace. I was like, I want that. I want that. And that's the guy who taught me the Bible my first year of being a saved. You need to be that person. So when people are watching you, and by the way, people are watching you. I was, I was, I was getting my hair cut the other day. I got fresh cut, as you can see. <laughs> Did the ATM. It didn't work in the barbershop. Did the ATM again. Didn't work. They gave me a little receipt. And I'm getting billed. 
you know, these fees, but I'm not getting any money. And I'm hot. So I go to the, the 7-Eleven next, and, and, and I, same thing happened. I'm using two, three cars, and none of them working. I'm getting charged again, no money. And so I'm hot. And I'm on the phone trying to call the number on the machine while I, I'm waiting to get my hair cut, and, and I put my name in. And so I'm like, I'm, and I'm, I'm hot. I'm like, ah. and this guy goes, hey, you passed the miles? <laughs> I was like. I was like, yeah, man, yeah, 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 I am. Can you pray for me, man? Because I'm having a bad day right now. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I was like so, it's funny, when, when I walked in the 7-Eleven, I was already hot, right? Because I, I had to go to the bathroom. I, I, my, I was, I was going to get my hair cut. I was going to be late for that getting a haircut. And then I, my, I was getting billed. I wasn't getting my money. And I wanted to give these guys a gift, a Christmas gift. And I was mad. And he walked by me. And I was like, oh, I hope you don't know me. I, and then, and then, and then, then he comes back and he goes, you pass the miles. I was like, yeah, man, I was on the phone waiting. And you, uh, if you want service, you know, to get the whole machine thing. And I was mad. I hate those machines. And, 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 and he was like, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Can you pray for me? He's like, I got you, man. I got you. You changed my life, though, man. No, I didn't change nobody's life. Man, I'm trying to get my money out of this machine. <laughs> I felt bad all day. <laughs> you need to be that person. So if you have never asked Christ to be your savior, you need to investigate the people who walk with God and ask them about their life. And if they tell you, if you say, are you perfect? No. No. He is. He is perfect. And number three, respond to the truth. After these guys, they heard that, the Savior was born. They went and checked it out. And they saw that it was exactly what the angel said. There's really a baby there in a manger. And we saw all this light. And there's Mary and Joseph. My great niece thought Mary and Joseph was Dick and Laura. <laughs> they were driving down the street, saw a manger, said, there's Dick and Laura. No, it's Mary and Joseph. I guess that wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Is Mary and Joseph. And these guys, when they saw that it was just what the angel said, they said, we got to tell people. That was their response. Here's my challenge to you. Your response is, one, if you're a believer, which a lot of y'all are, live it. Because people are watching you. If you go to work, I, whether, you, whether people know you're a Christian or not, they're watching you. Because sometimes people will find out you go to church and they'll be shocked. <laughs> they'll see you in the lobby and go, you? You? Where you? You come here? Oh, it's my first time. No, I'm just asking for Is this a movie theater? I'm just thought it was a movie theater. <laughs> people are watching you. In other words, if the people at your job or your school, your neighborhood, if someone went up to them and said, tell me about so-and-so, they'd have a report. They would have that. Well, they, 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 they're really nice and, you know, sometimes they party sometimes real loud and, you know, they drive real fast and, you know, they, they yell at their kids like it's bad words. They would just have all this stuff. And then they said, okay, now what if I told you they were? You say, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. But then some of y'all say, yeah, there's something different about them. There's something. When you walk with God by faith, and this is a guarantee, 
when you walk by, with God by faith, there will be something different about you. Here's why. Because it ain't you. If the Holy Spirit's coming out of you, by the way, if the Holy Spirit's in you and you are surrendered, yielded, being led by the Spirit, he will come out. He will touch other people because that's what he does. There's no such thing as, well, my thing is private to me. That don't exist in the Bible. And so the Holy Spirit's going to come out on people and he's going to touch people without you even knowing it. You walk into a room and some people are just going to go, what's up with that dude? <laughs> For real. So if you're a believer, live it. Learn how to share your faith. If you're not a believer, well, let me tell you, Jesus died for you, he rose from the dead, and he loves you. If you reject him, he will reject you. Simple. He loves you so much that if you say to God, God, I don't want you in my life, he will say, okay. So when you die, you will go to a place where you will never see God. He's not going to force heaven on you. Now or then. Now, I want to tell you, you don't want to take that risk because life without God here is bad enough. Life without God there is really bad. Because here, you, at least you have God around you. You can say, I don't want to live for God. But at least he's kind of, you know, you've got believers around you. You've got some good stuff. But when you die, there is going to be nothing good. And so my encouragement to you is that you've heard the good news. You've seen it. I did cocaine for two years. I did marijuana for four, eight years. I was a mess. I stopped in one day. That's what Jesus did for me. One of the things Jesus did for me. I was, we were doing, we would do, I used to do cocaine right in this neighborhood. We, we were doing um, our staff Thanksgiving lunch right here in the lobby at this building in Point Loma. And the caterer was serving the food. And the caterer goes to me. Do you know who I am? I go, no, you're the caterer. <laughs> he goes, I'm blank. And he said his name. Well, blank was our drug dealer back in the day. And I was like, you selling drugs to my staff? <laughs> he, go, he goes, no, man. I'm a, I've been going to church here for seven years. So here's my point. <laughs> is that not only did I get saved, there's all these people that were in my crew and tentacles from this neighborhood all around San Diego. And they didn't necessarily get saved because of me necessarily, but they got saved too. God wants to do something in your life. And if you really, really open your eyes to what God is doing, you can't resist him. So in a minute we're going to pray. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to take communion here in a minute. But before we take communion, you want to ask Christ to be your Savior. Why? Because when you take communion, what you're saying to God is, God, I know you died for me. Because what we're going to do is we're going to take the bread. The bread represents his body that was broken. Let me get your cup out, I guess. Get your cup out. If you don't have a cup, just raise your hand. Our ushers and usherettes will get them to you. coming. It's coming. Okay, everybody holds your cup up. Let me see it. So here's the deal. 
Don't open it yet. In a minute, we're going to take the bread, a little wafer on top. Then we're going to take the juice. The bread represents the body of Jesus that was nailed to the cross. How many of you have ever had a splinter and thought your life was over? <laughs> Jesus had railroad spikes in his arms and nailed both of his feet together into wood. And then the juice represents his blood. All throughout the New Testament, they sacrificed animals and shed blood to pay for sin because unless there is bloodshed, there is no payment for sin. Because the penalty of sin is death and the life is in the blood. When Jesus was born, it wasn't the beginning of a story. It was a continuation of a story. It was something that had been promised and prophesied for thousands of years. And so it was the continuation of what God had already said he was going to do. So when we take this, what we're saying is, Lord, we acknowledge that you died for us. We acknowledge that your blood was shed for us. And we acknowledge that your blood, unlike the animal blood, was pure. That's why you only had to die one time. In the Old Testament, they would kill animals all the time. Because the animal blood would never adequately pay for the sin. So, hey, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And God was teaching them, these animals don't work. You can't be forgiven this way. And then Jesus came and said, I am the lamb of God. Because lambs were one of the animals they were killed. And he says, my blood is sinless. So when we take this, what we're acknowledging to God is, God, um, I acknowledge that you died for me. And I acknowledge that you shed your sinless blood for me. And... I'm all in with what this is about. You don't want to take this unless you ask Christ to be your Savior. So in a minute, I'm going to lead you in a prayer to ask Jesus to be your Savior. Now, if you decide not to do that, that's fine. Just don't take communion. It's cool. Just say, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I know you all know the guy, Deion Sanders, the football player, prime time. I was witnessing him one day uh, when he, he was here playing baseball. He played baseball and football, if you didn't know that. And he was playing with the... Um, I believe the Cardinals, and I was witnessing to him in the locker room, and we had this great conversation, and he said at the end, I'm not ready yet. Not ready yet. Now, today, he's a sold-out believer. But at that time, he said, I'm not ready yet. And you know what was so respectful about that? It was like, he's not, he's, like, he's going to be straight up. So you could tell God, God, I'm not ready. Now, if you die before you do it, then that's, that's not good. So you don't want to say, well, you know, I'll just wait because you may go out and get hit by a bus. And then you were like, I mean, I was going to do it when I got home. Well, the, <laughs> you should have done it before the bus came. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny, but, you know, I mean, stuff happens, you know. So you don't, want to, you don't want to wait too long. Plus, why would you wait to be blessed? What are you waiting for? I was witness to this kid. He was a teenager in some youth conference. And he said, yo, man, yo, what if, uh, what if, uh. What if I lived my life and partied all my life and did everything, everything I wanted to do for my whole life. And then right before I die, I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Would I go to heaven? I said, well, if you were sincere at that moment, you would go to heaven. And then he said, why would God let me cheat him like that? I said, you didn't cheat God. You cheated yourself. You wasted your whole life. Your whole life was jacked up compared to what it could have been. So you didn't cheat God. You cheated yourself. If I did not get saved, if it never got saved, 
And I, I don't know how I would have stopped doing cocaine. Probably wouldn't be married. I wouldn't be standing here. We wouldn't be here. You might have got saved by somebody else, but we wouldn't be here. So I got the really good end. I mean, of course, you know, it's a blessing of God, whatever he discerned, but it was a great thing for me. And so you don't want to say, Lord, you know, I'm just going to wait because I got something better. I, I don't know what it is. If you got something better, please tell us and tell Jesus. Because right before Jesus was arrested, he asked the Father, is there any other way that you can give salvation other than me getting crucified? And the Father said, no, you got to die. So if you got something better, you need to tell the Father. And uh, because Jesus thought that was, he had to do it, which he did. So in a minute, we're going to pray. And you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, A, I admit that I'm a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned. B, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He died and rose from the dead. And C, I confess Jesus as my Savior. A, B, C. And then after we do that, we'll take communion. Amen? Y'all ready? I hope that this is the best Christmas gift you ever, ever have. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, every year we know what the story is, that you were born of a virgin. We know the story. But it is so powerful. Hundreds of millions, if not billions of people in church today and tomorrow to honor your birth, the hope of the world. As you listen to my voice, wherever you are, if you acknowledge and admit that you are a sinner, the Bible says all have sinned. If you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sin, and you would like to confess him as your Savior, that you would be saved. I want you to Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I admit that I am a sinner and that the penalty of my sin is death. I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And I confess. Jesus as my Lord. Forgive me of my sin. I repent and surrender my life to you. Thank you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, the minute I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on all the campuses. And then after that, each campus will take communion individually. But when I ask you to raise your hand, I just want you to think, if you prayed that prayer, this is an opportunity for you to say, yes, Lord, I am surrendering my life to you. So if you prayed that prayer just a minute ago to ask Jesus to be your Savior, just slip your hand up really high and I can see you and pray for you. God bless 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 you. We see you all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lord, thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, thank you that you knew everything about all those people. And you forgave them anyway because you love us more than we, your love covers all our sin. 
I pray you encourage them to trust you, follow you with all their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give all those people a hand. I know you got something in your hand.